You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. First Financial Bank has more than 80 years of combined pharmacy experience on their team, including pharmacists, current, and former owners. They know community pharmacy. Their high-touch model separates them from everyone else and means your lender is your primary contact from application to closing. FFB knows every situation is unique, and they want to know your story. A national lender and approved to offer SBA products under SBA's preferred lender program with many resources from podcasts, calculators, business plan guides, and buying, selling, starting assessments. Learn more at ffb1.com or on social media at Pharmacy Lender. On behalf of everyone at First Financial Bank, thank you for all you do for your patients and communities. First Financial Bank, equal housing lender. You know, there's a lot of talk about the future of pharmacy. If you're a pharmacy podcast network listener, there's 30 some stations out there, and I can't think of one who hasn't talked about the concept of what f- the future of pharmacy, what's the transformation of pharmacy within healthcare, what's that going to be like, especially with technology implica- implications and payment implica- implications, the way that we know the PBMs are changing. And when I think of this, when I think of what that future looks like, it needs to happen uh, sooner than later because of the changes that are already taking place. The very first thing I think about is our pharmacy students. It's the reason that the Pharmacy Podcast Network invested three different hosts around the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast, which was a podcast for pharmacy students by pharmacy students. And um, I think of ownership. I think of the rocks of community, the healthcare destinations of many communities throughout our country are independently owned community pharmacies. And someone who champions community pharmacy and pharmacists as your number one fan, I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri, and I'm excited to bring you a second part of a series that's sponsored by First Financial Bank. And the reason why that these guys and gals and operations and financial experts are so important is the support that we need as an industry, as pharmacy owners, to craft the future of pharmacy. There's there's an academy, there's a founding um, way of thinking and a workshop that's taking place called the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy. Uh, The acronym is P-O-L-A, POLA, which was developed to prepare student pharmacists for the opportunity of pharmacy ownership. 25 pharmacy students from 11 colleges of pharmacy across the country arrived at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, UAMS College of Pharmacy on June 17th for a week-long academy focused on leadership, personal, and professional development, pharmacy financials, business planning, and team building. That must have been an extremely exciting opportunity to really learn and dig into the business of pharmacy. I'd like to welcome Shwanda Flowers to the Pharmacy Podcast and no stranger to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Drew Hagai. Welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. 
Yeah, thanks, Todd. Appreciate you having us on. So we kicked this uh, second series off with a colleague of yours and a Jedi master of uh, pharmacy business, uh, Mr. Bob Grohl. And he really was digging down into the Paycheck Protection Program, um, mysterious uh, nicks and crannies of that program, and really helped us to define what it means, how to leverage emergency funding, as well as being prepared for an emergency. So this, this episode is is almost more fun in a way that we're talking about the young, the entrepreneurial spirited, the, the inspiration of the next generation of pharmacy owners. And I'm going to start with Swanda. Can you, can you tell me what Pola is and what it's about and, and how you came to be involved with it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy is um, something that I can talk about all day, um, and I, I know that we won't, but I, I certainly could. It is a really exciting opportunity for pharmacy students from across the country to come to Arkansas. Now, I'll also talk a little bit why it's about how it's different this year, um, you know, because of COVID-19 and, and the things that we're dealing with around the, the country. But I do, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about how we envisioned this and, and the first session of POLA and how that went. So um, I am a pharmacist by training and um, am from Arkansas and went to the University of Arkansas for medical sciences, uh, where I received my PharmD. And I worked for an independent pharmacist after graduating. And um, just a couple of years into practice, I had the opportunity to start up my own independent community pharmacy. And what I realized through that experience many, many years ago is that as a young pharmacist, I was not prepared for ownership. I, I didn't have the practice management or the financial knowledge that I needed um, you know, to, to feel comfortable. And so I am fortunate that I had many mentors along the way to help me and, you know, found incredible success in ownership and then went on to uh, serve in various roles uh, in academia at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences College of Pharmacy. And so while I was there, uh, my husband, uh, Seth Heldenbrand, who's also a pharmacist, um, my husband and I began talking about you know, the curriculum. And we had students coming to us year after year saying, how do I do this? Can you help me? Um, I started an entrepreneurship course at the college and a leadership course. Uh, Seth and I co-taught that course for, for several years. And we would have students come back after graduation and say, hey, can you, can you pull back up that business plan that we did or that project that we did? And can I talk to you about this opportunity? Because you know, I just don't know where to get started. And so as this began to happen over and over again, we also began to participate in the National Community Pharmacist Association, the NCPA Student Business Plan Competition. And Arkansas has had a, a great run of success. I'm very proud of our students. Uh, Seth and I actually still advise that business plan team and they were, um, they were with us last night practicing their, their presentation for uh, October. So, um, so we're still very involved in that. And, and what we did was talking to all of these students, we realized as we would go to NCPA meetings or we would go to APHA, so the American Pharmacist Association Academy of Student Pharmacists, when we would go to these meetings and talk to students from around the country, 
we heard the same thing over and over and over again. And it was, we don't have anybody at our school to help us. We don't have mentors in our community who will mentor us and encourage us to be owners. And, and so, you know, I think that that's, that's a result of a lot of things that you've, you've probably talked with Bob with um, uh, during the last podcast. And, and so right now it's a little bit different to be an owner and reimbursements are different and the struggles are a little bit different. And students need um, education, they need encouragement, and they need mentoring. And so we designed the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy to do exactly that for students across the country. So in your introduction, you, you talked about um, how we welcome them in, in June to the campus. And so we had, we had students from all over the country uh, join us in Arkansas last summer. Uh, that was the goal for this summer, but it didn't happen. We had to structure things a little bit differently this year, but we did, we had those students here for a week. And during that week, uh, some of the best things that we did was introduce them to independent community pharmacists who were willing to mentor them. They left with their contact information, they visited their pharmacies, they sat down at dinner um, with these owners to talk about how to be successful. Um, what does it take to be an independent community pharmacy owner? What, what, are, what are the struggles? Um, you know, what are the things that are difficult? How do you get started? Um, their advice on the best things to do, their advice on you know, what not to do because they did it. Um, and so we, we had the opportunity to really walk them through that. We walked them through the financial aspect of owning a business um, in terms of a pharmacy. And it just, it was, it was unbelievable the number of students who left saying, you know, I cannot wait to be an owner. 95% um, of the students that attended last year said, I am absolutely positive that I will own an independent community pharmacy um, during my career as a pharmacist. So it, w it was an incredible success. That is amazing to hear because the talk in circles on social media, even on Reddit, for example, sometimes there's lots of neg negativity about the pharmacy sector of healthcare being a pharmacist and then pharmacy ownership based on the barriers, based on the world of PBM reimbursement. But when I hear you, it's, you know, I'm a hopeful half glass full individual and it gets me excited to hear that there is, there is a surge of excitement about owning your own pharmacy and making that pharmacy something original that you desire as a pharmacist. Drew, you know, you were once the young guy on the block and that's no longer the case with the experience that you've, that you've brought together over the years that you've been in the business of pharmacy. And now you're looking at the, the generation under us that's up and coming. And those pharmacists, those pharmacy students who are excited about possibly owning a pharmacy, they wanna come out the gate and, and really dig into the clinical, dig into specific disease states, really be able to help those chronic uh, patients, the most fragile, maybe a senior um, uh, you know, span of, of, uh, of, of people that, that are struggling with something, diabetes, hypertension, whatever it might be. But if they run without realizing the metrics that are involved in the 
the need to understand the business side of it, they're going to fail and we don't want them to fail. So talk about your role in Pola and the excitement that I'm sure that you have through to, to really help these students. Yeah, Pola has been phenomenal and it's still early and it's um, still in its empathy stage, um, but the future is so bright uh, because it's meeting a need that is certainly there and exi has existed um, in, in pharmacy schools and, and, and a pharmacist development um, from an education standpoint for a while now. And so this is, this is going to fill that gap for teaching um, students and, and soon-to-be graduates uh, from pharmacy school um, what the steps are and what it takes to be a successful owner uh, in this environment um, that we're in and the challenges that exist. And it's, it's, a, it's a very comprehensive course. It's a um, several days. Um, it's intense. There's a lot of guest speakers. Uh, I had the privilege of, of being on campus uh, last summer in Little Rock and was able to lead um, the, the financial discussion about uh, how to obtain financing, what are the important metrics to look at um, when evaluating a pharmacy, uh, how do you um, properly manage cash flow, um, all, all the different things, how to understand a, a profit and loss statement, how to look at a balance sheet. These are all things that pharmacists just and, and, and it's it, it, they're just never exposed to, um, and it's it's um, extremely critical uh, if you're thinking about ownership to learn that early and, and develop that as you move through your career. So you'll be prepared whenever the time comes that uh, you have the opportunity to get into ownership, uh, the business plan development. Um, all these things are critical. Well, I, you know, I've been with the bank um, almost ten years now doing pharmacy loans and even seasoned pharmacists that, uh, you know, graduated from pharmacy school in 2000, you know, they've been a practicing pharmacist for, for 20 years and now they're getting the opportunity to buy a store. A lot of them still don't have the baseline knowledge that you would expect, um, you know, a business owner or, or, or future business owner to have. And so I get the opportunity to help educate and coach and walk through and, and you know hold hold their hand as they're evaluating pharmacies. Um, but to get that you know early on and, and you know as you're um, filling your summer schedule to, to look at POLA to potentially um, help educate you in this um, in this space and in this way um, really fills a needed gap. Um, from from what you get in traditional pharmacy school, so First Financial Bank's thrilled to be a part of it. It's got a it's got a bright future ahead, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to, in years to come to be back face to face. But I think we're doing a great job this year, given the, the challenges that we all face. And I'm 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 excited to be a part of it. I think Swan has done a great job um, leading it uh, because I think it's it's so important for this next generation. Swanda, how much does it cost to attend a conference like this that's so rich in financial planning and business planning and rolling out your, your first pharmacy? It, it's invaluable to someone that wanted to, to own a pharmacy. So tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. So, um, 
you know, attending conferences is, is can be very expensive. Not only just travel to locations, but registrations, you know, costs for everything are going up. And so, you know, I know a lot of us, you know, those of you listening and, and the three of us, you know, today talking, at, we attend conferences all the time. And, and sometimes, you know, we have to pick and choose what we can attend because the cost doesn't, um, you know, doesn't always make sense. That was something that we, we struggled with. And what we didn't want was for there to be a student somewhere um, at a pharmacy school um, across the country who said, I just, I can't afford to go. You know, I can't pay that. I don't have that. I'm a student. Um, so what we did, we created an endowment at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. And through that endowment, we can in perpetuity fund POLA and the participants pay nothing. Um, all they have to do is get to Little Rock. Um, we have some really discounted housing for them, but once they get here, they pay for their discounted housing. There is no registration fee. We feed them almost every meal for a week. Uh, we pay for the high ropes course. We pay for networking dinners. Um, we, you know, we have all kind. We did a culinary institute team building event focusing on hypertensive patients while they were with us. So we have all of these kinds of activities built in and the students don't need to pay anything. And that was really important to us. And so um, we've had a lot of support from the National Community Pharmacy Association Foundation um, and then also from First Financial Bank. And you know, those are our, our two largest partners. We have other partners who've also stepped up you know, and helped us put this on, but, but without those two partners, we couldn't have started this endowment. And so now students don't have to pay anything to come. And, and that, that's the beauty of this, is that this is so that students can honestly learn about how to be successful independent pharmacy owners. And we're trying to remove all of the barriers um, for them in doing that. And so, you know, I, 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 both you and Drew said something earlier and I laughed because the students will get aggravated with me um, because they'll come to me with an idea and they're, they're talking about their business plan. And it's very clinically focused and it's, um, it's exciting and it is wonderful in many ways. Um, and usually I look at them and say, okay, now let's remember that pharmacy is not a charity. So how are we paying for this? And, and that is something that, you know, pharmacy students often miss in the curriculum. We are, as pharmacists, we are trained to take care of patients um, and, and we can do an amazing job. And just to watch pharmacists step up over the last couple of years with whatever has gone on, um, you know, they have stepped up and taken care of patients, regardless of what that meant for themselves or their business. And, and that's why you mentioned them being the crux of the community. They are, and, and you know, patients know that they can count on their pharmacists but it isn't a charity. And so the students need to come, you know, come to this and realize, okay, how do I pay for that? How do I pay the bills? What does that cash flow look like? Um, you know, and looking at cost of goods sold, looking at, um, you know, wages, rent, I mean, all of those things that they have to factor in, what does it cost me to get that prescription to the patient? And so often they haven't even thought about that before. Um, and so it's really exciting to watch them have those aha moments as they're with us um, and thinking about their business plan and really coming at it more from that financial perspective. Okay, well, how do we provide this for our patients? How do we make that work financially? 
That's great because there is a lot of excitement. I've heard from Flip the Pharmacy, which is an organization that really trying to transform community pharmacy to that next gen uh, pharmacy provider within communities. We've worked with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association on a podcast, part of our network that talks about that week after week, which is exciting. So when I hear First Financial Bank making a stance in order to guide these pharmacy students who are brilliant when it comes to clinical ideas, the leveraging of digital therapeutics, the leveraging of thing, uh, tools like pharmacogenomics and in the efficacy of medicine in specific disease states that they've studied. If they don't have coaching on the business side of owning a pharmacy or rolling out or scaling a pharmacy, then it's short-lived regardless of the excitement as you've uh, referenced, uh, Swanda, which is great to hear that. Drew, you know, when I think of the block and tackle that comes with owning a pharmacy, I'm thinking of balancing um, your, you know, the, the profit and loss statement and being able to scale or uh, buy equipment or choosing the right lending partner or marketing or hiring, uh, um, you know, staff. And so what topics and activities are you covering at, at these polo events? A lot of what you just mentioned right there, um, you know, you, you just you, you need to start at square one, and you need to make no assumptions that anybody has any real baseline knowledge or understanding of pharmacy financials and how pharmacies are valued and how financing works. Um, and so we just started to start at square one and try to talk um, about you know, what what the process is for looking at an independent pharmacy and, and whether it be to start one from scratch um, and, and how you pick your location and how much money you need to, to do that in today's environment, or if you're looking to purchase an existing one, how the, the files are valued and what type of asset that is and how much um, money you'll need to borrow from the bank and how, you know, how the need for working capital fits into your business plan and just sort of understanding reimbursement and the lag of you know receiving money from third party payments and having to continue to buy drugs and, and that working capital component to, to bridge the gap. So we try to leave no stone unturned um, and, and just uh, walk um, both the the Polo students and attendees, but also we try to do that with each and one of each and every one of our clients as well. Um, just making sure that they have a, a firm grasp and a firm understanding of how to be successful on the other side of of this you know this project that we're working on. And, and once you're into ownership, because uh, that's when the real challenges um, will present themselves. Once you're you know boots on the ground, running your business, dealing with um, you know, the ins and outs of, of, you know, dollars and cents coming in and out of your, out of your business, you want to be prepared to handle that. And so we try to be that partner um, and provide that kind of counsel, uh, which is one, one of the cool things about working for First Financial and that we're, you know, solely dedicated in our division to independent pharmacy and helping pharmacists. Um, we can be that, uh, that specialist, that expert, um, that sort of shoulder to lean on as they sort of navigate um, 
you know, uncharted waters getting an ownership. So that, that's our aim and our goal. We try to be that financing partner way beyond just getting them the dollars they need to, to buy that pharmacy, but, but being counsel for them through the, the due diligence process, but also once they're into ownership, you know, ongoing throughout their um, ownership career. Swanda, I heard you speak to the clinical side ideas that pharmacy students will bring to you. And it's really interesting that you you are a pharmacist, so you can quickly make an assessment as to the ideas, um, possibility for life and success, and then be able to back up that idea with uh, financial expertise makes a lot of sense. So when I when I hear you talking about this, I start thinking about the world of digital engagement with patients and telehealth and how COVID-19 and this pandemic has really shifted how we're engaging colleagues at work, but also from a pharmacist perspective, how they're engaging their clients, their patients. And when I think of that, I think, is there any aspect to Pola from the creative side where people like Drew who have been in the business of pharmacy for some time have seen models work and have seen other models not work so well. Is there a barometer? Is there a litmus test per se within this portfolio of ideas that you're able to um, affirm uh, to a pharmacy, uh, a future pharmacy owner um, that it, that it's a good idea or, or not a good idea based on uh, past outcomes? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that, that happens during POLA is that our students are teamed up. So some of them will come with a couple of other students from their um, university. Uh, some of them come as singles. You know, they're just, they're the only one from their school. So we will put them in teams if they don't come with a team. And they're all challenged to write a business plan before the end of the week. Um, and so, you know, they have to think about those things. And I think that this year, what we're going to see come out of that will be very different than what we saw last year, um, because this year we are delivering POLA uh, virtually. And so we have 53 students this year who are enrolled in virtual POLA. We have a series of Zoom sessions that are anywhere from four hours long <laughs> um, to, to a little bit longer, depending on how the conversation goes, um, where the students are going to learn the same, um, the, the, the same premise that they did in person, as well as we can deliver it you know, virtually. Um, and we're trying to make that as personal as we can but they are challenged to write a business plan and they're challenged to think about these niche ideas and how they work. And, you know, my biggest piece of advice to students when they start and they come to me with ideas is, you know, don't forget the pharmacy. You know, first and foremost, you're a pharmacy. And, you know, if you look at the national averages, over 90% of your profits are going to come from prescriptions. Um, regardless of reimbursement rates, that's still, that is still the case. And so don't lose the pharmacy. And so then, then be as creative as you want, um, you know, understanding though where your profit margins come from. And so, you know, that's really important for students to think about. But the idea, it, the ideas that they come up with are just, I mean, they're phenomenal and they're absolutely endless. Um, and, and there are lots of niches that are, you know, involve chronic diseases. You know, you mentioned pharmacogenomics and, you know, doing pharmacogenomic testing in pharmacies right now is, um, you know, is, is really something that's taking off. 
Um, functional medicine is something else that, that pharmacists are really playing a very big role in and, you know, treating our patients, um, you know, at the core of the disease and, and not just at the symptom level. And so, you know, our students are very prepared to do that. And so if they, if they understand that if I'm smart um, from a business perspective and I know how to look at my profit and loss statement and I understand where I might be losing money or how to increase my revenue, at the end of the year, then I also understand that I can roll out a lot of these other services, um, you know, that, that will make me a little bit different. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, the better they are with their pharmacy finances, um, the more freedom they're going to have to expand their clinical services for their patients. And so it's absolutely a win-win. Um, but it is, it is a pleasure when I have these students come back to me after they graduate and they say, I have my business plan ready. Um, because I think Drew would probably agree with me. One of the things that we hear so often from practitioners, you know, when they're interested in ownership is, can you tell me where to start? I don't even know how to write a business plan. I don't even know where to begin. So for these students to have such, such an advantage, to be able to come back to us in a few years after they graduate and say, I have my plan, you know, or at least I have the start of one and I wanna change this, or, you know, this will be different. And, um, you know, that really gives them a huge advantage um, over other pharmacists. That is exciting. Um, if you are a pharmacy student, if you are coming to the end of your educational sector of your career, if you're a brand new pharmacist, if you've taken the NAPLEX, you're ready to go. Even if you're a new uh, pharmacist two, three, four years out, and you are interested in owning a pharmacy, I want you to reach out to the First Financial Bank team. They are specifically focused on the business of pharmacy. And team members like Swanda and Drew are are focused into um, what it's like to own and run and scale and be successful in the business of pharmacy, in your community pharmacy. There isn't a lack of creativity with the up and coming pharmacy owners. I'm blown away by the, um, the interesting business models that are out there. There are uh, pharmacies like Medley in New Jersey that are completely digital driven running a pharmacy through an app on their on the phone of the patients so that they can engage the very day that the prescription's written by the physician and getting that prescription to the the patients there's a you know teams that are driving um, uber like pharmacy services where you can see a pharmacy on your screen either your laptop or your or your phone so there's there there is no limitation if you are a if you want to own a pharmacy, there isn't any limitation, but in order to get there, you have to have a partner that really understands the challenges of the business in order for you to gain the capital that you need to launch that business. It's such an important part of this. Sometimes that's the part that's overlooked. I know in my life, um, the finances of my own business, that's the worst part of it all. I don't, I am not a bookkeeper. I am not an accountant. I am not a CPA. So I hate that side of business, but I know that I trust people that are on my team to really manage that for me. And if that's you, if you're listening right now and you want to learn more, um, 
Swanda, how do they learn more about POLA and how do they engage First Financial Bank? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, they can they can always email us directly. Um, they can email Drew and I directly. Um, they can go to our website, um, ffb1.com, um, you know, and, and they'll be able to easily find, you know, their lender there. And, you know, that's something that is really important to us at First Financial Bank is that we're going to walk you through it every step of the way, like Drew said, um, and and so it's a privilege to hold their hand while while they do it, and that's exciting for us, and that that's what we're there for. We have a very high touch model. Um, if they want to find information about Pola, um, we do have a web page for Pola, and um, it's on the UAMS website, so it's pharmacy.uams.edu, um, and there they can go to current students and find the Pharmacy Ownership and Leadership Academy. We also communicate um, a ton with the Dean of Students at the Colleges of Pharmacy across the country and also with their, their National Community Pharmacist Association chapter advisor. So um, almost every school has a student chapter um, that's associated with that National Community Pharmacist Association and we communicate with those advisors as well. And so through those you know, individuals at each college of pharmacy around the country, um, they can then send their students to us uh, for POLA. Um, but Drew and I are always available. Um, you know, we are just an email and phone call away. And you know, we would love to talk to anybody interested in POLA or interested in financing their pharmacy. Um, we'd love to help them. Well, I appreciate that. And I really um, value the insights of the First Financial Bank team. Uh, don't worry if you didn't catch those links. We're going to have everything in the show notes for you to access. If you miss something and you don't have the show notes for some reason, please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are dedicated to the success of pharmacy and pharmacy ownership and the clinical pharmacists. So you can always find us at, at Pharmacy Podcast and almost any of the social media. And the uh, handle for First Financial Bank is at Pharmacy Lender as well. So we'll put all of that in the show notes. Uh, Drew and, and Swanda, I really appreciate your insights today on POLA. This is exciting because this is staging the next generation pharmacy owners that that are out there right now, they might be P2s, P3s, P4s. They might think about going into residency. They might have gotten into hospital pharmacy and decided, really, I want to have an opportunity to go own my own pharmacy. And I think the collective of that information and that knowledge and that experience is going to produce a better pharmacy owner anyway. So just because you start out in one road or one field of pharmacy doesn't mean you can't own your own pharmacy one day. And the current models, by the way, the current models of pharmacy ownership are not necessarily the, the model of pharmacy ownership that you will create in the future, something we haven't even seen yet, because that's really what excites me is the innovation of some of the most brightest minds of our, our future pharmacy leaders. So I'm excited about this. I wanna thank Drew. I wanna thank Swanda for really participating in today's show. And um, anything that you wanna add, Drew, before we go? No, that was, that was great. I enjoyed the discussion. We're, as you probably could tell, we're excited about POLA. Uh, we're still excited about 
independent pharmacy as a great sector in this uh, industry. And we um, would love to be a resource for anybody listening that might want more information or might want help um, as, they, as they map out their, their future days. So thanks for having us on again, Todd. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Swanda, thank you for participating in a pharmacy podcast. We'll have to have you back because as a pharmacist, you didn't realize your number one fan is the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. And, and we look to you uh, for really the future uh, innovations in our business of pharmacy and how we can enhance the lives of the patients that we serve. Oh, I, I would love to come back anytime. We have lots of great conversations to look forward to, I think. I agree. Thank you so much. Hey, I thank you, pharmacy listeners, uh, pharmacy industry listeners. If you have questions for our teams, please reach out to the First Financial Bank team. Once again, you can go to ffb1.com to learn more. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Pharmacy Podcast.